0: Today's podcast was recorded on April 2nd on a Thursday here in Wichita, Kansas. Today's guest is Kevin Lucas, who's the head coach at Mount Union University in Ohio. I know Kevin really, really well. We actually went to the same high school, Eastern Brown High School in Southern Ohio, where uh, Kevin was a really good runner. He unfortunately does not have any of the school records there. He went on to Wilmington College where he was an All-American in the 400. He started his coaching career at Wilmington as an assistant coach and then moved on to Heidelberg University in the OAC, which is the Division III conference that uh, dominates most of Ohio. He had seven years at Heidelberg where he became a head coach there eventually, and he had one year at Salisbury uh, College in Maryland before joining Mount Union in the fall of 2009. And since he's been there... They have done incredible things they've won three NCAA track and field titles and he's won 32 OAC conference titles since 2010 uh, and is really one of the great coaches in the country he's a great recruiter and is a guy that his his athletes have always uh, gotten better and they always have a great four by four and each of those three national titles they had to win the 4 by 4 to win the national title and they were able to do it he also has a terrific sense of humor which will come through in this podcast probably the one of the funnier ones that we've done so fun conversation informative as well with kevin lucas from mount union university Um, as the coach at mount union in ohio you know every part of the country has been going through this it seems like differently if you're in new york it's different than if you're in kansas or california so what's what's life like in Alliance, Ohio, right now?
1: You know, it's pretty pretty similar to what it was before, other than people not interacting with one another. I mean, that's that's the the big thing. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is sit on the couch and watch television, and uh, <laughs> I think I've had my fill of that. So, <laughs> um, but other than yeah, just constant uh, trying to wash your hands and be vigilant about you know, what you're, what you're doing when you're out and about, you know, if you're, if you're able to get out and about, um, but about the only time we go out is, or I go out is if I have to go to the store and get something. That's, that's about it. So are you right, in
0: contact with your team? How's, how's your team doing?
1: I mean, the only way I can communicate with them really is, is either email or phone call. And, and, you know, we, we basically gave out, um, about three months worth of workouts that we worked on, uh, the week we got back. And uh, kind of had our team make sure they communicate with their event coaches about what they should be doing at this time. And with our with our sprints jumps group, I mean, we you know something that's I think a lot of coaches are fearful of is just that development. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of personal, um, you know, that people have to be dedicated. They have to you know make sure they're doing what they need they need to do and follow the plan. And, and if they don't, you know, they're not going to be they're not going to be as good as they they should be um we always i always say you're going to be as good as you want to be and um this is this will never be any truer than it it will be for the next you know five or six months and when we actually get to see our athletes again so
0: so are you um how are you motivating your team are you are you in contact with them regularly are you just saying hey the survival of the fittest kind of a thing we'll see how you look like when you come back next year or what's the you know you got you got a huge team. I know, like you have a big roster. Yeah,
1: you know, stressing. I think just stressing, like, hey, you know, you you got to get out there. You have got to be doing what you're supposed to do. I mean, the reality is this. You know, people will, and this is true. I, I think whether I'm reading a stopwatch and telling their times when they cross the line or not, you know, ultimately people will be as good as they want to be. We're giving them the tools that they need to be as good as they can be. But you know, we we've we've kind of. They've, they've got to do it, and and they're, and we always talk about no excuses. I mean, wh- if a track is locked and you're not able to get into a track, you, there's always the road. I mean, there's no excuses to not be able to do something, you know, to be able to get out and sprint down the road or down the sidewalk or, you know, do plyos in your front yard. You know, there's, there's, there's really no excuse to not be able to do something right now, so. Unless, of course, you've got the coronavirus, then, of course, you know, <laughs> I'd say you shouldn't be doing anything, so.
0: <laughs> right yeah be careful um and you've got you've got a family and so are you guys taking extra precautions with your family or are you kind of letting them run wild a little bit
1: no i mean really it's been a, a tough adjustment for we've got the you know 15 year old 12 year old and six year old so you know the six year old he gets it he it, probably better than the other two um you know the 15 year old wants to you know he's a big baseball player and wants to go over and you know hit with his friends or you know throw the baseball around that really can't do that you know you basically got to isolate him to the house so um that's been tough but you know i think the reality sets in you know for for him he's watched enough of the news and is on social media and sees that uh it's a pretty serious thing so you know 12 year old he's he's just kind of goes with the flow you know he's a Mm -hmm. Whatever you know, as long as he can get outside and play some basketball or jump on the trampoline, um, he's good. And same thing with our with our six year old. He's he's as long as he can get outside and burn some energy, we're okay. So.
0: so if I know you, and I know you reasonably well, you're probably trying to figure out how Mount Union is going to take advantage of this situation
1: <laughs>
0: compared to other schools. Well, Have you thought about that at all? Is that cross? Well, I know that's cross.
1: Certainly there's there's, you know, I want to at least present to our seniors, you know, um, their options, you know, because those are the you know, I feel bad. I feel bad for everybody. I really do. I mean, even seniors in high school, um, you know, I feel awful for for them, you know, not to get to experience their senior year. Um, But seniors in college, I mean, that was it, you know, Um, they, they may not have. The means in Division Three world, I mean, the reality is it, it costs money, a lot of money to go to go to school. And, you know, they may not have the ability to, you know, come back for another year. Or maybe they, you know, they're going to graduate and go on to grad school. But what they were doing, you know, I know Connor Troyer, one of our, um, he was national champ in the 110s and 60 hurdles last year. I mean, this was his fifth year. He's going on to chiropractic school to, at a school that doesn't have track. So he couldn't even, he, he couldn't even use it if he wanted to. So I, you know, just present them with the options that they have, and yeah, you're right. I'm always looking to try to figure out a way to that the, the Raiders can be a little better as a result of this, and I haven't found too many. You know, we've got a few people that are actually going to go on to grad school here at Mount, so we'll, we'll get them back next outdoor season. Um, I kind of wish they would give them another indoor season, but <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> hey. think the NCAA is going to do that. So
0: well, I'll call up the WSU and see if we can add a chiropractic position and uh, have your guy come on over. Yeah, uh, for, for next outdoor season. We've got a good hurdle group that you could join up with. So um, so <clears throat> if you were, I know we're not going to talk about politics in this because I know how much you like our president, but um, <laughs> if you were the president or a leader of the world, how would you fix what we're doing? Are we doing the right things? Are we staying home and watching Netflix and not doing anything? Is that the right way to go?
1: I mean, I, I think so. The problem is not everybody's doing that. I mean... Yeah, Uh, And the problem is you you almost I I wish they'd come out with some kind of fake news where there was like a zombie apocalypse and that they they're telling people they have to stay in their houses for (laughs) maybe zombies. I mean, I know I'm afraid of zombies, so I think that would uh, that would keep people in their houses. So
0: like the zombies, (laughs) if you don't interact with zombies for 14 days, then they'll go away.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because if that happened, if everybody literally just said, "All right, we're gonna, b- we're, you know, we're gonna hunker down. Everybody, get out there, get your, you know, get what you need, supplies you need for the next two weeks, and no one's leaving their house for two weeks. We're gonna literally shut down the entire country." I feel like that would work, right? <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, we obviously know
0: what we're talking about. You know? Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, listen to us. Well, I was thinking about like Australia. They're like an island you would think that if they don't let anybody in or out of their country and stay at home for two weeks, then they should be able to go back to at least doing things within their country. Shouldn't there be a lot of places in the world that could do that?
1: Yeah, it would take...
0: I guess until they let an American back in there, and then that's going to ruin everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's the scariest part is when is it over? Like, as soon as you tell people, all right, it's safe to go back out, and there's one infected person, then here we go again, you know? I mean, that's the...
0: Yeah, I guess until there's a vaccine where yeah. you know but that, that's going to take a long time that's the yeah and, and people have talked about you know when do we start back up when do we start is there a football season in the fall you know we just we're preparing like there's going to be school in the fall but you hear people talk about that might not happen or at least not in the traditional way that we've done it um you know are, are you do, are you thinking much big picture or are you just kind of day by day taking things in
1: um both i mean i try i try not to, uh big picture problem is i i'm a i'm a bit of a i'm, I'm usually an optimist but in this instance I'm, I, i've kind of been trying to prepare for the worst you know i i think expected the best prepare for the worst one of those things and uh yeah i could totally see schools being delayed for when they start i mean i i could i could see that i could see we're supposed to go back at the end of august i i could see us not being able to go back at the end of august you know and that would be That would be awful, you know, but again, millions of lives at stake. I mean, I think, you know, obviously, bigger picture, people's lives are important. So, but yeah, the country, I mean, what was it, another 3 million or 6 million, what was it, 6 million people now on unemployment or something crazy? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a different different time, man, different time.
0: So, speaking of a different time, uh, we went to the same high school in Southern Ohio, Eastern Brown High School and i grew up at a time that when there was no track at eastern brown we ran around a field and you i believe there was a bit of a track built while you were there but do you know do you talk much about do you keep in touch with people back keep in touch with people from back home very much and and how things are going back in southern ohio
1: i mean other than than my dad um you know he's he's and my uncle those are about the only my aunt and uncle and my dad Lois, they're the only people that actually live in Brown County that I really keep in touch with much anymore. So probably should. Probably should reach out to some of my high school friends. But, uh, you know, as as you know, life gets in the way and you lose contact with people. And But, yeah, sorry, I'm walking around here.
0: So you're one of those people that certainly uh, forget the little people once you've gotten to the house.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I would that. <laughs> uh, I
0: always, always message with one of our old coach, Rob Buchler, uh, he he is active yeah. on Facebook. If he he's, is actually he's, now he's you on say there. that. So he's yeah, been he's sending up. me pictures of uh, old track teams and you know things from when he was a junior high teacher and all that kind of stuff. So it's at least this time has given um, our older population a chance to become more computer literate.
1: Yes, my dad was completely against Facebook, and now he's now he's on Facebook all the time. He's got his his iPad and. So yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of fun to. His got hacked. I think him or Lois' Facebook account got hacked, and he he was sending out all this stuff about how to burn fat and like uh, like to, just messaging people randomly on Facebook and. It was, yeah, I it think I kind of,
0: got a couple of those messages from your dad.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, we're not allowed to travel anymore, and you are a guy. That somehow figured out how to buy plane tickets for seventeen dollars a piece. And yeah. I don't know if you want to give out your secret, but it's got to be killing you to not be able to hop on an airplane for seventeen dollars
1: yeah and
0: fly across tough. the country.
1: Well, I almost went to the airport because I found some tickets to Florida for seven dollars when the, when all this started, and I thought, you know what? It'll probably be done by June. Like, ooh, might as well. What am I out if I go buy tickets for seven bucks? but I didn't do it. Now, I'm glad I didn't do it because obviously <laughs> I don't want to be getting on an airplane right now, but yeah, no, there's a, there's some tricks, some hacks out there. Um, not even hacks. My, my good buddy, Jeremy Croy over at Tiffin university. He's kind of a, I can't take credit for it. He's the one that kind of turned me on to the, to the site, but uh, it's a site called skip lag. It's kind of neat. And you can literally type from whatever airport you're at, and put in anywhere on a specific day and it'll show you the cheapest flights all around the country. And I usually work in one ways because um, you don't want to have to be dedicated to taking the same airline back home. So I, I, probably, I don't know if you want me to go into detail about how it works. It's hard to explain. Well, you explain. don't have to,
0: but I know part of the, the, the trick is going to the airport and actually buying the ticket because of yeah. the yeah. you, you accumulate so, online.
1: That's right. Some of the, the you know cheaper airlines like Allegiant or Frontier Uh, jet blue spirit um if you go to the airport and buy the ticket it is 20 dollars each way cheaper to do it like that if you actually go to the airport and buy the ticket you don't even have to be flying out of that airport like i when i do it i buy my tickets out of the akron canton airport because it's like 25 minutes away but i could buy the ticket from there to fly out of cleveland because a lot of time cleveland's a bigger hub and they fly to more places so but yeah, this is it's it's been a little rough not being able to you know find that seventeen dollar ticket to Florida and um, you know go sit on a beach. You know that was I did that the day after the conference meet <laughs> indoor conference. I flew to Florida for <laughs> I think my wife and I it cost us thirty I think it was I think it was thirty four dollars round trip to, to go to Florida and we spent a couple days down there and then came back. So
0: and now you got to sit on the couch and watch Tiger King.
1: Yeah, Tiger King. I watched the first episode, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I, mean, I feel it, like it looks... he's kind of a
0: Brown County kind of guy.
1: Yeah, guy. yeah, he really is. He really is. So.
0: It could be been Tiger King or The History of Amble Launching. Ooh, which,
1: yes. Have you talked about that on your podcast at all? Have man? not,
0: I don't think anybody knows what I'm talking about unless T.J. Pierce or Brad Hunt are listening to this.
1: Right. Well, I, I guess I could, you want me to, tell the story about anvil launching tell,
0: tell the quick brown county anvil launching story we'll finish up with this uh with this anvil launching okay. story if anybody <clears> is interested <throat> if they hung in there this long then they yeah. would definitely want to hear this story they don't want to miss this I mean
1: the, the, the tens of people that will listen to this they'll be entertained by this um so there's a uh, for those of you that like, I hope everybody knows what an anvil is it's like what the blacksmith uses to like you know make Wiley their, coyote and the robot yeah, it gets it dropped on him you know anyway there's actually a a national competition for anvil launching. Uh, What they do is there is a kind of how I describe it. It's a a circular launch pad that's made of steel and it's probably about, I would say maybe three feet in diameter, maybe not even that big, maybe two, two and a half feet. And in the center is a cylinder and they pack about two pounds of black powder into this cylinder. And then they set they have a, a fuse that leads out the bottom of that and they set the anvil on top of it like the fuse and it blows this anvil like 700 and some feet in the air um and then you get points for how high it goes and you get points for how far it is from your launch pad so how accurate can you fire this thing up in the air and how accurate can you have it come down close to where you launched it from basically and um yeah, there's a national competition Well, there's a guy in our in our county, in Brown County, Ohio, that was the national champ uh, that did this. And he used to, I, I think, for my college graduation party, my parents uh, had him come over and, and launch the Anvil into the air. And uh, I know it sounds like the stupidest thing in the world, but it is honestly one of the coolest things. <laughs> how, how, <laughs> how, high did the, how, how high did the Anvil launch go? I think it went 700 and, 700 and some feet. I, I don't know exactly. I, I think there's a, a video cassette tape around somewhere with that the footage from that. I, I think, was it TJ and Brad and you all came down, I think, Yeah, to, I was there. Yeah. That could definitely
0: be a, a Netflix series, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, so I wanted to try to do it myself, but probably not a good idea for me to handle might be, two pounds
0: might be something in. to do now i mean you could go ahead and start doing it now you can do it within your property there it's yeah. an launch I don't, think,
1: uh, I don't think that'd be a good idea <laughs> no
0: not a not a good event for the kids no. but uh no. maybe it maybe at next year's kt woodman will start out the meet with an anvil launch instead of the yeah. national anthem or something like that yeah. so um all right
1: i had to sing the national anthem this year man
0: well tell me about that how'd that go
1: so, so we had an indoor meet, and I had it pulled up on my phone. I had plugged in, it and it wouldn't play. I couldn't get it to play on the speaker. And I had the mic in my hand, so I just started singing it. And I was good for about the first 10 seconds. And then all those videos of people forgetting their words <laughs> started rolling through my head. <laughs> but but it went okay. It went okay.
0: Who sang it better, <laughs> you or Carl Lewis?
1: Oh, I definitely was better than Carl. Like, like so,
0: do you, did you ever hear the time where Cole Davis had to uh, do the National Anthem at the Friends Soccer yeah. game? So, Cole, yeah. who is the Friends track coach, he was responsible for taking, making sure the flag was up the flagpole before the game for the National Anthem. And they play it from the press box. And he forgot to do it. And he is running down as they're getting ready to do the National Anthem. He's running down to the flagpole to put the flag on the whatever to take it up the pole and he couldn't get it attached. And so the national anthem starts playing, and he's down on the end of the field, and he just holds up the flag with two hands straight above his head for the duration of the national anthem. Everybody went crazy. All the people at the Friends soccer game went crazy. (laughs) Big crowd.
1: That's hilarious.
0: All right, man. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, Good luck whenever you get started. I know that uh, Mount Union is always one of the top teams in the country, and I'm sure that you guys will – Recover from this and and be another team challenging no matter what the situation is. So, good luck in in 2020 2021, and I'm sure we'll see you around before too long.
1: Likewise, thanks. See you later, dude.